go. <laughs> As a small biz pro, I saw we roll using procurement, program, and control. As a small biz pro, I saw we grow using procurement, program, and control. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert Buchanan, your small business bar medic. And today, folks, we are going to have an amazing show for all our women entrepreneurs. So, Crystal, as a woman entrepreneur, tell me what's going on with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been an amazing week. It's been busy as usual. What happened to me? As usual, it's super busy. And mm -hmm. uh, But it was a good week. You know, these weeks go by so fast. There's so I much know. going on that you can't even keep up with how fast. The, it's just like we're on a fast track. As and soon as Monday comes around, the next thing you know, it's Thursday or Friday. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, I gauge my 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 weeks by what show I'm doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what I'm prepping for, yeah. what workshop I'm doing. And so usually my Tuesday, Wednesdays are pretty quiet. But Monday, Thursday, Friday is, is, is on and popping. That's so right. That's right. It's um, so it was pretty busy. It's it's we had some moments. I had a well one um, actually it was a, it was starting out to be a pretty mellow week, mm -hmm. and I was able to get a lot of busy work done, which mm -hmm. is a good thing. Yeah. And then it by Wednesday it picked up and it kind of took on its own a, a life of its own. <laughs> <laughs> Just like it always does, right? You, you start out with 10 tasks and then you ended up with like 25. With 25. And then, of course, the phone start ringing and people start asking you for stuff in the middle. I had somebody text me in the... I had someone text me and I didn't even know who it was. And it kept saying, hey, this is Brandon. I'm like, Brandon, who? <laughs> and, then, and I and I went back. It's like, I'm sorry. I don't know. What's your last name? Who are you? Why are you calling me? <laughs> then he's like, well, I want to know if you're taking on new customer, client. I don't even know who you are, dude. <laughs> what business are you in? And where do go to go to my virtual receptionist? She'll handle you. <laughs> you. You know what you should do, Crystal. You should give them that uh, that uh, we should get that account uh, bookkeeping assessment together and. So before they sign up with you, they take that assessment to let you know where they are and how much work you need to put in with them. That that would eliminate some some yeah. calling, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> because you know, once they take that assessment, it gives them a score and it says, okay, you don't have this, you don't have this, you do have this, then you know, you can put together a plan and say, okay, for all of these things I'm gonna do for you, this is what it's gonna cost. This is your initial cost. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. But that after that, I did have one moment. My, my I have a really close friend that, um, and I have to say this for for everyone. So we always think we go through this life by ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so a real close friend of mine has um, 
uh, was diagnosed with cancer in July. And he's pretty much a loner, but, you know, does his stuff, works a workaholic. And um, so now he's ill. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he don't have a whole lot of people. So on fr- on th- Wednesday, he called and asked me if I could help him out. I've been taking food over to him. Wow. And my sister and I have been taking food over to him. And I was having to tell him, you know, but, you know, my schedule is not a schedule that you can just d- drop stuff and just yeah. do that. It just so happened on that particular day, several of my um, uh, um I had a funeral in the morning or home going in the morning. And so I had kind of cleared the schedule and it just so happened I happened to be available. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was able to help out. But I yeah, I told him, I said, you you got to we got to call in some help here because I had yeah. to go to the VA and and be there with him. Yeah. And um, hey, Alfred, uh, be at uh, the VA with him <laughs> so that he could get um, get some treatment and so it's just so we as entrepreneurs must realize that um we're not on this island by ourselves and i know we work really hard but we really should be taking care of ourselves we have to take out time to take care of ourselves because we don't want to be in a position that um you are sick and -hmm. all that hard work that you've done uh, is for naught so that's true that is true hello alfred good to see you Happy belated birthday. (laughs) Alfred, you're the man. How are you doing, sir? Welcome to the business zone. And and Alfred was all on glory on Facebook this week. He had all his African tribal looking like the chief of a tribe somewhere uh, (laughs) while he was celebrating his birthday. So (laughs) I hope you had a fantastic birthday, Alfred. That's right, man. That's right. Got to keep it going, Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was pretty much my week. How was yours? I know yours was pretty. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Where do I start? <laughs> Man, mine was just crazy. It was like a clown show. You know, it's like <laughs> you got all kinds of things going on. People tugging at different parts of you, you know, trying to get things done. And it's like, you know, when that happens, you end up just going around in circles because yeah. I'm telling you, man, planning is so critical in business. You know, when people oh. don't plan and they're not organized, not only is it affecting them, but it's affecting you, too, as a consultant, you know, yes, it because does. when they're not organized, now you got to go in and try to organize them. You got to try to figure out where certain things are, which is spending extra time which is costing them extra money, which they don't want to pay. Mm-hmm. And now, now we've got a situation. <laughs> and it's like that because I, you know, even our businesses, uh, hello, Michelle, welcome. We're glad to have you on the business zone. Michelle Moore Bell. Hey, um, Michelle, it's been a while. I know she's been watching on the sidelines though. And she, she comes out to, uh, she participates in the community briefing, but this is a topic that's right up her alley. Michelle has been a women, a woman owned business entrepreneur for as long as I've been around RBD and probably longer than I've been around RBD. She's been out there doing her own thing and quite successful at it. 
All right. I love that. If she wasn't, she, she, she likes to stay behind the scenes. I've tried to get her on the show a couple of times, but uh, to no avail. <laughs> but, but maybe because I'm giving her a shout out. <laughs> we might be able to get her in so she can share her, her experience. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Well, who knows? Maybe you can share some of, some of your expertise and experience with us today, Michelle. Because today's show is about women minority women entrepreneurs in the in the marketplace and in the industry so uh, maybe you can help us out okay right <laughs> uh when i was doing my research uh we're gonna uh, so our topic is the rise of women entrepreneurs and they actually call um she said i'm coming uh <laughs> they are actually calling 2021 the sh a she session uh, we came in strong at, at the last great re, uh, recession in 2007, 2008, nine, And mm -hmm. now it looks like we're, we're picking up the steam, um, picking up the steam for the recovery once the pandemic has been, uh, whatever is going to happen with the pandemic. Um, so, uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're kind of excited. But before we do that, Gilbert, so you know how sometimes we have to be off the cuff, right? We just yeah. have to do, you know, podcasting, just come on here and anything, yeah. classes, workshops. So yeah. today, uh, today on The View, they were, they were in the studio and they were going to have Kamala Harris come on to talk about the, 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 the Haitian and the Haitian thing. Right? <laughs> right. And so just as they were going on air, they before they come into the studio everyone has to take a COVID test yeah and uh the nasal the nasal test and yeah. so they're getting ready to start the show and they pulled off sunny halston and anna cabrero off the show because they had they had been tested positive really right it, they're sitting at their desk at the oh, table ready to go soul. live they are live oh and they pulled soul. them or they gurry go live and they pulled them off and so then it just left Joy and Sarah. And so, and then we're trying to bring um, uh, 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 Kamala. They wanted to put her in a private area. She had to be in a, in a, in a studio all alone. They were going to remote her in. So in the, in the interim of that, they had to go solo and they had to think off the cuff on yeah. So they just start interviewing the audience. And I told my sister, I said, well, wow, that even happens on the professional level. Gilbert and I are right on point, boy, because sometimes we don't know what's happening. The guests may come, may not come, whatever. Yeah, we, yeah. we just do our thing. We so, just got to pick up the slack and do what we got to do as entrepreneurs. As entrepreneurs. So I just felt that we were right up there with the professionals. Oh, <laughs> at least, yeah. Or at least to know that the professionals oh, are, yeah. go through the same thing we go through. And you know what's amazing? Maybe Sunny and uh, Anna, maybe they already took the, the, the vaccine too, uh, but well, they're actually, carriers and they don't even know, right? Well, actually, from according to Joy, they had just gotten their second, they had just gotten their booster, see, which, you know, they're what, feeling fine, see, but you know, that's what I'm happens. talking about, man. <laughs> Things right. happen. Yeah. Things happen. You so just, that's yeah. why we got to always be ready. And, you know, that's why we keep telling entrepreneurs, always be ready for the unexpected because you never know what could happen. You never, never know. Yeah, you never know. And as an entrepreneur, 
you know, as a female entrepreneur, as just a regular entrepreneur, things happen on a regular basis. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, you know, you could be deal, derailed. And I, I, what, how many times were you derailed this week? <laughs> oh, man, so many times because you wake up with a few things on your, your calendar. You say, okay, I'm going to do these things. And as soon as you get started, you receive a phone call or you see an email. Oh, we need this report. Or, oh, we, you got to come into this meeting. Oh, we got <laughs> Um, before you know it, the day's done and you haven't even gotten to what you need. <laughs> exactly. I'm not, you can barely keep up. When I when my friend called me the other day, I had, was going to pick him up some food from a place that my sister, he had said he wanted spaghetti and meatballs. So yeah. I went driving all the way over to USC oh, to go man. get spaghetti and meatballs for him. The, the food was phenomenal. If yeah. anybody, it was great. It was called Pasta Roma and it was really good. So yeah. I go over there and I'm getting ready to pick up the food. And then he gets a call and says, oh, my God, I don't have someone. I don't have anyone to take me to the to the VA. He says, and I have to be there at 320. And I'm looking like it's two. <laughs> and I'm over at SC. How is oh, that going man. to happen? <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, you get derailed in the middle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It you happens. You get a phone call. It happens. You you working on you got four or five different tabs open on your computer yep. because you in one and then somebody yep. else says can you send me this and yeah okay like wait hold up hold up I got to do one thing at a time yeah, I can't yeah. even put the dates right <laughs> you you, you got to structure things man you can't let them dictate your calendar or try to push your calendar because you're just gonna be spinning around in circles so you know i've gotten to that point where i go wait 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 let me do this let me put some bring back some structure here <laughs> right exactly <laughs> you have to you have to take command yeah. of your day and your structure so yes. so we're going to talk about that today cuz one of the things i think um and it's so funny in the in entrepreneurial world multitasking is a normal part of our day it oh, you don't yeah. have a choice sometime right oh yeah but in the in the corporate world i know when i was in the corporate world they they didn't like you to um multitask they thought that it was an inefficient way of doing business yeah but sometimes you know and and that may i don't know about the corporate world but i know we couldn't even do half the stuff that we do if we had to focus on one thing at a time mm -hmm. It, it see, just... see, we know that we know the difference, so we don't even worry about what they talk about. <laughs> 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 we don't even talk about that. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's it. So, guys, that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, we're excited about this topic. With uh, Gilbert loves working with women entrepreneurs. Oh, yes. That oh, is yes. His, his if we're looking for his target audience or his target uh market. It is women are right there at the top of his list. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and why do I like to work with them again, Crystal? Uh, one, they listen to you. Yes. And two, they pay you on time. They pay me on time. <laughs> there is no issue in receiving payment from a female entrepreneur. They always make sure that I get my check. 
<laughs> and they listen to the instruction, the coaching advice that I give them. Of course, there's a small handful that don't listen, you know, mm -hmm. but when they don't listen, what usually happens is they get to stumble and fall and find out for themselves that they should have listened. <laughs> and, 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 and these female entrepreneurs, they don't act like many of my male entrepreneur clients who say, oh, I can do this myself. I don't need you. I'm good. And then they find out they really can't do it by themselves. Then they come back. And when they come back later on, what happens? I have to charge them the stupid tax. <laughs> I have to charge them the stupid tax for not paying attention before. So For not, for not following suit before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so oh, that's yeah. that's that's Gilbert. He loves working with entrepreneur women. I think my clientele is a is a balance of both. Yeah. Um, yeah, a balance of both. I don't know if I favor one or the over the other, but I do champion uh, young women when I'm teaching them entrepreneurship. I I really champion and really push women, uh, young women, to become entrepreneurs because it gives right. them so much more power. Mm -hmm. And and um and then I work with a couple of organizations. So with the new women's business center, mostly uh everyone there, my our 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 participants for the training classes are all women. They they have some phenomenal ideas. I tell you, the creativity is just out of this world with the type of businesses <laughs> that they're coming up with today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very unique. Uh, very different. I was I was teaching a class last week, and a young lady there doing a um, what did they call it? A wine bar. What was, mm -hmm. it? What was they doing it? They're doing, and I was like, wow, what a great idea! A pop up. <laughs> no one is doing. Yeah, a pop. Uh, it's called pop up bubbly, and it is. She's an event planner, but uh -huh. she takes her show on the road with in a van. And uh, and she goes to them that way, and I think that that's just really unique. And a couple of tea bars and and just some different stuff that that these women are coming up with, very mm -hmm. very clever. That mm -hmm. could be franchise, uh, definitely multiple locations. Um, so it, it was pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Some of the ideas that are coming up nowadays. Right, right. That's so, great, man. Yeah. So. Um, so today we're getting ready to start, guys. Anyone that has any um, uh, input, just put it in the chat there. I, I do want to share. Where I think I'm going to share. Mm -hmm. Let's see where is it. So we will all be on the on the right page for what we're doing today. We are talking our favorite subject. Or Gilbert's favorite subject. That's right, <laughs> the rise of of, of women-owned business owners. <laughs> and with today, when we're coming out of a pandemic, it, it you know, it's being said that women are going to help driving that environment, driving us to um, recovery. And so it's important. So women entrepreneurial activities around the globe increased by 10%. And there are about 163 million women that were starting or running new businesses in 74 different countries. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. pretty amazing. Right. You know, because when during the time frame or the era of our parents, you know, they were my parent, my mom 
with, she was an entrepreneur, but you know, my family happened to be, all of them happened to be entrepreneurial, but they were geared when they were younger to going to school, being teachers, being nurses, being that kind of stuff. So more, more businesses and jobs that were traditional, what women actually did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but she, on the other hand, she has some, a number of skills. And I think that's really what it is, is women have so many auxiliary skill sets, right? We, yeah. we learn how to sew when we're kids. We learn how to cook. Uh, we learn how to keep a house. Mm -hmm. We learn all of those things that literally could be create or create that, that are businesses mm -hmm. that people actually need. Um, and so I think that's probably where it starts for us is there i don't know if it's the same for men what mm -hmm. are you guys are told when you guys are growing up yeah see when we're growing up the mom makes sure that uh, we know how to do things for ourselves because they're going hey in that case uh, a woman a woman won't take advantage of you or decide not to do certain things for you so you got to learn how to do this yourself so she taught us how to do those things she also taught us to do uh, multiple types of things. And, and these are usually some of those Caribbean moms. <laughs> Caribbean <laughs> moms or moms from, you know, maybe Africa. They'll teach. Well, I won't say that because I don't know much about African culture. But I know that the Caribbean moms, they prepare their sons for any type of issue they may come across, you know, being in a relationship or being married. They need to learn how to do certain things. So. We learned from very young age how to sew, how to cook, how to clean, iron, all of that good stuff. Yeah, I think on the African continent, it's a little different. I think it's more yeah. um, male-based. And I think yeah. that um, men, they get married at a very early age. And the role, yeah. the role of the woman is to take care of the household yeah. and have the children. And yeah. the husband's the role is to take care of the family. So I yeah. think... They're there, and I think it's kind of like that in the in some of the Latino cultures as well, yeah, a little bit more yeah. machismo yeah. Um, than it is in African American, and and it could be just because of how we, you know, how we began our world, how we yeah. began our lives. So it could right. be that, but right, um, right. but women uh, entrepreneurs run the gamut from small home based businesses to powerful C. Uh, chief executives and at some of the most notable country companies in the world. Mm -hmm. and, and I think where we are right now, even in the political world, when you look at how women are just killing it out there, mm -hmm. um, have, having to fight, they got, they got, they have boxing gloves on, on a daily basis <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the political world. Yeah. So we're, um, we are, even though we still, face uh, quite a few challenges on the road to entrepreneurship, we are inevitably changing the game and creating new business models and new jobs and ultimately helping to shape and mm -hmm. grow our economy. So mm -hmm. I was reading an article um, in Inc. Magazine, I think. Yeah. And it said that, um, let, me, let me look here, that, um, let me see, it said here, that 
the female labor force hit a, hit a really low back in during the recession. Mm -hmm. And since that time, women have been increasing jobs. They have um, they've actually brought to the table about 1.8 million jobs to the job force and, and to create jobs for others. And they also have increased their revenues um, and they are the driving force right now mm -hmm. uh, in, in the recovery of, of our countries. Yeah. And they said that most of the women have, um, this, it was saying here, this is a, uh, from the 20, 2021 workforce report, which is interesting because they've been saying everybody's on, on unemployment, right. Mm -hmm. And didn't want to go back to work. That's, yeah. that's a big thing that's been, and that's, which is why they actually shut down and cut off unemployment because mm -hmm. they wanted to get you back to work. Yeah. So this is why it's so important to do your research because it says here, the American workforce is shifting and 72% of the employees have been redeployed up to half of their employees. But what's more interesting is that nearly 60% plan to rely on contingency hires this year. So mm -hmm. a contingency hire workers are gig workers. So that's your freelancers and independent contractors and other outsourced and non-per uh, permanent workers. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these are women. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these that they, they had to find a way uh, for this to happen. And so it says um, it's uh, black women in the workforce, a group that has been seen, seen unemployment skyrocket to never ne nearly 10% um, this past January. But the pandemic have put them in a position where they've increased their education and they started owning, uh, started and and are owning businesses and supporting companies as freelancers, consultants. So it's a big thing for them. So the number of companies Black women started between 2007 and 2018 was 163 percent, ten times the growth of non-minority women-owned businesses. Mm -mm -mm. And with that, also. Uh, Here's some statistics by American Express. They said that women of color, uh, women of color business owners generated 23% of all of total women-owned business revenues, and that that is in uh, 2019, and that's 422.5 billion dollars. Women of colors. 422.5 wow. billion generated. That's only 23%. Only wow. 23%. And with that statistic also, 18% uh, of all women business owners uh, in the U.S. are owned by Latinx women. 18% Latinx. Okay. So it's just amazing that we're seeing these numbers. And these numbers are on the rise right now. Uh, um uh, 65% of all startup businesses are women-owned businesses. And we're seeing that because uh, the because of how the economy is structured. You know, women are losing opportunities. And because they're losing opportunities, they have no other way to generate revenues but to start their own business. And that's usually how we see this. That is why you see so many immigrants as business owners, just like you see so many women as business owners, because when opportunities are constricted, you can't find anything. 
Mm-hmm. You can't find a job, then you mm-hmm. have to go create opportunity. And usually that's in entrepreneurship. I, and, and I can see why there's been more women uh, to date is because with childcare being an issue during yes. the pandemic and in, and even now, um, finding childcare, it, it was not uh, something available to them and the cost of childcare mm-hmm. based upon what they may be paying. And, and one of the things that I've always noticed um, after a recession or, or a downturn, which is what we're going through even now, yeah. is that the salaries take a dive as well. Yes. Right? Yes. So I remember when, and this is the reason why, um, after the recession in 2007, mm-hmm. you know, I have skill sets that I can work on my own or I can work for somebody else. It just mm-hmm. depends on what I choose to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I um, went out looking, I was like, okay, well, maybe for a little while I'll go out and I'll get a job as a bookkeeper or a controller or whatever. And I'm looking at the hourly rate and going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This is this is how much I made when I came out of college. Oh, and, no. And see, that's the thing. That's the thing, too. Once you... Once you step into entrepreneurship, you can't go back to working in a regular nine to five job. You just can't. I mean, some people may try it because they're going, well, we're not bringing in any sales. We're not making any revenue. So they'll go, let me try to go back to a 95. So I have, you know, a secured source of revenues coming in. But once you step back in there, you're not getting close to what you used to make as an entrepreneur. Oh, of course not. <laughs> you don't of even course. have the flexibility. Right. And then and, 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 yeah, and that's the most important thing. You don't have the flexibility if yeah. you were to step in there. Uh, Michelle says, yes, the pandemic got women thinking and creating new entrepreneurs. And Alfred says that um, uh, he's he, preferences to you Gilbert uh, yeah. small business but small businesses have to be fast on their feet and mm-hmm. he had to uh, quickly outreach to trade or outsource to tra- my trading partners in the Caribbean and Africa I am now repositioning adjusting my business plan to relaunch in the spring money is available now and the losses I will have to absorb and work a new contingency plan and timeline. And that's what uh, many of us, we had to pivot. I mean, and I think pivoting is going, you're not, this is not the only time we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to make some adjustments in order to adjust to this new life that we're living at, because it it can change at a, Mm -hmm. at a, at a drop of a, um, um, of a moment just because, we're still not clear of the pandemic. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think anyone that if you've gone out and hopefully you guys, and especially our women and our male uh, business owners, you've gone out and acquired a lot of skills, uh, skills that you can now uh, um, uh, create new business opportunities for yourself. Cause we had a lot of time to do a lot of learning and educating ourselves and reinventing ourselves. And now it's time to put those, um, all those, um, all that learning and all those opportunities and put them in play so that you can start launching new businesses. 
That is true. That is true. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we talk about on this show, The Business Zone, for those of you who are just tuning in, this is The Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. We're on every Friday from 3 to 4. And you can reach us by going to Facebook. You can go to Facebook where they're live as well as on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, you can just click the subscribe button or how you want to call it, that button. The, to make you join us. You don't have to pay anything. It's free. Just click on that button so you can follow us and you can get any type of new materials or videos that we come up with on the business zone. So we have said over and over on this show that the pandemic has taught us so many things. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the pandemic was a good thing and it was a bad thing. It was bad because a lot of people died and, you know, a lot of our lives got disrupted we lost mm -hmm. money and all of mm -hmm. that. But then it forced us to be a different type of entrepreneur because now it's it, it, we learn how to develop new skills. You know, most of us now are savvy at working online. And, mm -hmm. and that never that never happened before because most of us, we really didn't care about doing business online. We just wanted to go visit our clients in person, sit with them and develop a plan and implement the plan. Now we're doing a lot of things online. We're learning how to digitize our office. So we're accessing our business documents online through digital means. Uh, we're, we're developing uh, uh, projects online. We're, we're teaching classes online. Uh, we're learning that having our, our back office in compliance is really now a good thing because in order to go after the loans like the ppp loans or to go after uh funding or grants or anything like that you need to have certain compliance documents in place and having it digitized in your back office at your fingertips is just amazing so yes um uh, uh, michelle said that um the pandemic got women thinking and creating and becoming new entrepreneurs. Yes, this was so. Because mm -hmm. when the state of California decided they weren't going to give us unemployment, <laughs> we had to go out there and create opportunities. So, yes. And and and, and in some cases, um, in, if you're in smaller areas, there are some businesses or some jobs that people had that will never, ever come back. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so women still have to take care of their families and themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they had to really create something out of nothing in yeah. order to be able to take care of their families. So for those of you that found themselves in a position where, uh, you know, you're a lot of companies closed and never will reopen because they were hanging on by a string in the first place before, mm -hmm. before the pandemic. And I think what was different between the recession in 2007 and what was different from the pandemic is in 2007, we still, there were still quite a few people working. It really hit the banking industry. It hit the internet. Uh, the the I, internet. I, I, yeah, IT industries, but the 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 businesses that got hurt really hard were really those in the real estate, mortgage, and banking. 
right yeah, because yeah. that was what that pan that was what that recession was about was yeah. the crashing and and so there were they might have been operating at uh leaner with a uh, leaner platforms or lean uh but the businesses didn't necessarily shut down unless they lost or unless they had a mortgage that they couldn't pay or yeah. or they or something of that nature mm -hmm. but this one was different this yeah. one was they literally took there was no money yeah. There was no way for you to make money. They literally, I remember a friend of mine told me she got a notice that morning to say that she, uh, they, their office was closing and they had 20 minutes to get anything that they needed at that office. Oh, and after man. that, the doors were going to be locked and they could not come back. That is and crazy. So that was a different kind of thing when in mm -hmm. March and, and all of a sudden, no, you can't go back to work. You yeah. cannot go to your building, get yeah. everything you need. And I remember she telling me, I left a check on my desk. Yeah. I need to get there. <laughs> I hear you, man. I so hear that you. was the difference. But for think about uh people that live in smaller communities where their businesses may be um you know, more retail donut shops and things like that, things that were not essential at the time. Mm -hmm. Then you had to get creative. You had to look at what do I have that I can offer online that I can make money at. That's right. really what it came down to. Right, right. Yeah, so you became much more um, resilient. You came mm -hmm. up with some great ideas. I, I saw some, you know, people having having party planners all of a sudden doing impromptu party scenes outside of a person's house so people could drive by to celebrate a birthday. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. And and here's another statistic that we have here. For every 1,600 businesses that start per day, 1,600 per day throughout the whole country, right? 89% of those businesses are women of color starting those businesses. 89% mm. of that 1600 that starts every day are women of color. So, and, and, and again, you know, we know the reason for that. You know, we don't get much opportunities. Opportunities don't come our way. So we got to go out there and try to get it. So when we don't have that unemployment check coming in or we don't get a grant because of COVID uh, and the pandemic, we got to go out there and hustle and make things happen. So as a result, these women start businesses. And to right. start a business is the best way of bringing in income to take care of your family and not having to really rely on an employer. Now you got to rely on your skills, your customer service skills, your mm -hmm. your your service skills, your product development skills, those types of things. Right. In fact, um, uh, this one uh, is called uh, Hiscock. They did a, a, a report on women um, and, and some of the trends they talked about is women entrepreneurs manage of their unique strengths so one of the things we you know about women or we know about women is that and i know this from my mother my mother could make a way out of no way and even when uh and and she was by herself so mm -hmm. so it wasn't like she had a husband or anything she just took care of this stuff by herself and i remember um 
that when she created her jobs and my mom did hair, my mom made clothes, my mom, um, she, she had a job as a nurse, but then on her side, her side gigs were, she did hair for the yeah. women in the, in our community and she made clothes, mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, women, children and men. Yeah. And so she always had three revenue streams coming in the household, uh, uh, so she was her own Jamaican, <laughs> Jamaican <laughs> from Alabama. <laughs> did, did she have at so, least five jobs? <laughs> she had at least five jobs. And then she taught me to always have five jobs. So this report basically says that 48% of women are sole employers, employees of their own businesses. Mm -hmm. And that um, uh, women employer entrepreneurs are usually put their unique strengths to, to work. So when you look at a woman and I tell women this all the time when I'm doing workshops is that you, if you run a household, you are fantastic at managing budgets. Mm -hmm. You at, you're fantastic at mediating. If you have children, multitasking, you're an, <laughs> multitasking, you're an incredible negotiator. If you happen to have, uh, if you're married, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, right, and um, and you're basically keeping a household and managing, for, you know, anywhere from four to five people all at one time. So mm -hmm. those are some amazing major skill skill sets that women have that really can uh, that is creating these trends for the uptick of women entrepreneurs. Uh, Michelle says she, um, she's been an entrepreneur for 39 years and she loves it. And she used to work over 40 hours a week to never have a, a work for anyone but myself. And I quite agree with you, Michelle. Yeah. There's no going back. Yeah. Um, trend number three. Optimism about future tops doubt for women entrepreneurs. Um, so some of the issues with women-owned businesses is that we don't get the capital that we need in order to really um, fully uh, support our businesses. So that means that we probably are working, we work much harder, I believe, than, than some men-owned businesses because- yeah. We have we have to get up in labor what we can't get with uh, our resources. What do you think about that, Gilbert? I totally agree. Um, you know what's amazing? It used to be seven percent of women-owned businesses would 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 get capital to you know whether to fund their business or a loan or a line of credit. Now it has been reduced to two point two percent. Which is wow. atrocious. Yes, that wow. is atrocious. So I don't know what's going on, um, you know, and, and as a result, more and more women have to fend for themselves. It, it, it's just crazy. Now, in terms of new uh, creative ideas and patents, patent applications, there used to be 7% seven, 7 of all patent applications were made by women prior to 2016. Now it's up to 21%. So that's a growth of 14%. So that is good. It shows that more and more women are creating things or they're inventing things and they're making sure they get it registered so they don't get it ripped off by, you know, all these other folks. <laughs> right. And so right now, you know, there's battles going on because 
you know, women received less loans, as, as you said, um, yeah. at, in 2014, 16%, but it, it, as you just said, 2%. But women also, when they're working for uh, in the workforce, they make less than 20% of their male counterparts. So that's yes. another driver yeah. for yeah. you to um, be do more, become more entrepreneurial. I was yeah. wondering that I came out because you can hit that ceiling as a female executive or a female employee. And uh, there's no breaking through, there's no yeah. getting through it. And, you know, uh, and, you know, I worked in the, in the, um, I worked in the accounting departments and cause that's where my expertise lies. So I saw the disparity between the female employee and the male employee. Yeah. And a lot of times the female employee had more skill sets and were the, was the stronger of the employee. Yeah. But she got paid far less than the male for whatever the reason. And whatever be, be, because of that politics right there, you find that a lot more women are becoming what they call side entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, side entrepreneurs are, are are folks who do stuff. Those side jobs, your side hustle. Your right? side hustle. Your so, yeah. <laughs> so, so while you've got your job, you're doing that side gig and trying to make more money. So we saw a big rise in side entrepreneurs because of how women are treated in, in the workplace where they get a fraction of what their male counterpart makes. And because of that, they have to go out there and just hustle, you know, in order to double what they, they're generating. So that's I, I quite agree. Uh, Mr. Greg Snee has joined us and he says, man, smart, women, smarter, <laughs> a smart man. <laughs> hey, Greg, your wife must be sitting next to you. huh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so there is definitely challenges for for women uh, to get access credit, uh, to access capital. So a lot of times we have to drive the forces through revenue in order. And even, and, and in some cases, women can have multi-million dollar businesses and still have a difficult time securing capital for their businesses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There, there are certain industries, though, that women entrepreneurs should really focus on. And uh, one of that is the utility industry. You know, the growth of women-owned business owners have grown 160% in the utilities industry. So that's a gas company, electric company, water company, those types of companies. Those are utilities. And uh, one way for women to get involved in those is to become certified in what they call the utilities. And there is a certification agency called a Supplier Clearinghouse that if you are in California and in Los Angeles, you can, uh, you can uh, become certified to do business with the utilities. Now, there is uh, an order that the utility companies has to, to adhere to. It's called General Order 156, GO 156. Look it up. Go to, go to Google. Check it out. Okay. That GO Order 156 forces the big utility companies to set aside at least 25% of their contracting opportunities or projects for 
minorities, women-owned, and LGBTQ um, entrepreneurs. So that's definitely something that they should also look at. With that also, I want to talk about another certification because now the certification entity or the certification path is another way that women business owners can get a big piece of the pie and help to sustain their family and their business. So woman-owned small business certification, WOSB with the SBA, that's another certification that you can tap into. 5% of those contracts are set aside for women-owned business owners. So, so what is it called? WOSB. W means woman. O means owned. Uh -huh. S means small and B business. So women okay. own small business, WOSB. So 5% of those federal contracts. And when we say federal contracts, we're talking billions of dollars, billions of dollars. The federal government has over $500 billion in contract opportunities for women, minorities, and, and, uh, and veterans. So and if you guys check on the, the chat room right there, Greg has put some information there for you. So uh, Gilbert, that's really your area of expertise. Oh, yeah. Businesses become certified. What yes. do what are some of the things they need to do in order to make that happen? What are the some of the what are the steps? Well, some of the things you need to do in order to ensure that you're eligible for this type of certification as a woman owned business, you want to demonstrate that you you own 51, at least 51% of the business, at least 51% of the business. So owning the business means that you run the business, you make decisions, you're the controlling interest, you hire, you fire, and you control the, the operations of the business. You write checks, that type of thing. Now, uh, to demonstrate that you own that, then your name has to be, if it's a corporation, your name has to be on the article of incorporations. Your, your name has to be on the statement of information, uh, your bylaws, those types of things. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. And also the board resolution. You got to have a board of directors resolution stating that you've got check signing authority. So those things give you uh, that dominant um authority to run the business. So that's one way. The second way is, you know, being a woman-owned business. How do you prove that you're a woman-owned business? Well, you use your birth certificate to show proof that you're a female and that you run the business. So you use your birth certificate along with your driver's license. Those two documents can prove mm -hmm. that you're a woman-owned business. So just those two things alone can help you to demonstrate that you are the woman or the, the owner of the business and you're a woman. And, and I know, so when we talk about uh, the challenges of accessing credit and capital, when you have contracts, when you've received a contract or a commitment from a company saying that you're going, they're going to pay you X amount of dollars for X amount of, for a time frame, now you've just, um, uh, added some value to to your your 
proposition, your business proposition. And yeah. so they can look at your, your contract. They can look at your invoices, your accounts receivable to see that now in their world, you're more credit worthy yes. and that they're willing to provide you with capital. Now, it still may not be the same amount of capital. And, and hopefully we're working toward that. Uh, the same line of capital that men will see, receive, but it is uh, an opening do a door opener for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you're absolutely right. That that is definitely a game changer oh, because yeah. it gives you some some access uh, some uh, assets right, and that you can use for your collateral in order to get that. For whatever reason, they just seem to think that women. I don't know if they don't think they were responsible enough, but when you look at the bigger picture of it, who's running the households? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And 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 just so you know, when you get awarded a contract, right? When you get awarded, that means you successfully bid on a contract and you win it. Then they send you a letter of intent, letter of intent to do business with you. That letter you can take to your bank and say, hey, this is a contract that's been awarded to me. Here is proof of it through this letter of intent. I would like to request or apply for a, a line of credit within your organization. So if I need to hire employee or if I need to buy materials, then this should give me that leverage to access some money from your organization in the form of a line of credit. And then once I get paid on this contract, then I'll replenish this. I'll pay you back and then the account will be replenished. So that's how I want women-owned businesses to start leveraging their, their position, their, 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 um, their situation. I want to throw something else out there, Crystal. So... Mm -hmm. Many of us know that, yes, you're starting a business, you're looking at opportunities, that type of thing. But think about it this way. Lenders make quick decisions about entrepreneurs, all of us, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a sole proprietor, the first thing they think of, okay, you're a sole proprietor, you can only make X amount of dollars. So what they'll do is they'll say, okay, as a sole proprietor, chances are if you're selling well, you're doing all types of things. Your maximum, your ceiling as a as a single owner, operator, business owner, will probably be about 150, 160,000 a year. That's mm -hmm. probably what you will make as a sole prop. But if you gain a contract, you get awarded a contract. That contract could be for 250, could be for 350,000, could be for 500,000. So now you're in a different classification. So you do see how going after contracts can help you to step up your game. So that's what we want you to start looking at entrepreneurs. I, I remember when I first met Gilbert, guys, um, I was at a meeting and, and I kind of had a vague idea about certification and doing contracts, doing B2B and being contracted to other organizations or corporations. Um, but I was sitting there and I think someone, it was a panel, you, it was you, you were doing something for uh, the business resource uh, group. And, and you were, and, and I'm sitting there going, the, this was like magic land, like money magic land. It's like, yes. and I couldn't understand how people weren't taking advantage of money magic land. Right, right. Because <laughs> I think someone had said that uh, a contractor had 
a contract or maybe it was at another meeting, but a contract with the Getty. Yeah. I think when the Getty was being built mm -hmm. and she, as long as that contract was going on, she had a copy service, copying mm -hmm. service. And yeah. she happened to specialize in large size documents. Mm -hmm. And she said she made over $10 million on this contract for That's that time it. frame. Yeah. She were, I thought, what the heck? That is absolutely amazing. That was a life-changing, that's life-changing money. <laughs> and you know, you know what was amazing about that, Crystal? Not only was she a woman-owned business and a minority-owned business, but she only had three employees, three employees, and she was able to secure a $10 million contract. So yeah, so that you was, me. And, and she was copying large size drawings, you know, architectural drawings, but yes. she happened to have the machine to do that. Yeah. But I'm sure after the Getty, she probably retired. She didn't need to work anymore. Oh yeah. And the thing about it is she would get contracts from uh from Metro, from LA Community College District, from LA USD. And she was like, she was like um uh, uh, a red M&M among yellow. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> she is a woman-owned business in a male-dominant industry. That's what she was. Because right. her, her business was reprographics. Reprographics mean that you take these big signs, graphical signs, and you reproduce them, and you make right. them available to others. That's what she did. It okay. was amazing. I was... With... I was blown away. And, I, and I'm like, I, I was sitting, taking notes. I had to sit up and like, okay, what is this man talking about? <laughs> but one of my questions was at that time, um, um, oh, Alfred said he graduated from an SBA 8A program. Oh, that's great, Alfred. Congratulations. Um. I, at the time, you know, I, I only knew a little bit, but um, but there were some things you guys were saying. Because one of my biggest questions, well, I don't understand why are not all minorities taking advantage of this opportunity? This seemed to me like too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, and in some cases, it's it's not as simple as just getting that certification, right? You still right. have to uh, create relationships and yeah. and and network and yeah. and make sure all of your paperwork is in order. And that was mm -hmm. one of my questions: was yeah. well, why is not all of the eight hundred thousand uh, minority-owned businesses at that time? I was asking for black people. Why are do they not have these contracts? And so mm -hmm. you guys explained to me that. Um, you know, you know, they didn't have taxes because those yeah. are some of the things they had to have their tax returns yeah. for three years, three yeah. years, three years, three years, three year tax return. Uh, they had to have their profit and loss statements, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Uh, you know, their balance, you know, their their financial reports, be able to produce their financial reports, and then of course be a legalized on paper business, as Greg says, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not under the radar. But yeah. it seems to me. That so uh, in in addition to or other than the utility companies, what other companies actually um, have to put set aside uh, aside for for uh, diversity workers? Uh, well, uh, well, owners? well. Not only um, are the utilities required to do that, but the the the, the federal government has twenty four different agencies that are required to set aside funds for minority, women-owned, veteran-owned um, small businesses. 
and our and disadvantaged business as well. So those are there, and those are to the tune of over $500 billion, but not too many small businesses know about it, or they don't think they can get those contracts, so they don't apply for it, which they should apply. My thing is, go ahead and apply and let them reject you. Don't reject yourself. Just mm. go ahead, apply for the opportunities, because you never know. I've seen a lot of small and women-owned businesses gotten contracts that nobody else has gotten you know we're talking about at least a million dollar and they get these contracts because they mm. apply and no one else apply mm. so those are the little things to think about man if you want to step up your game post covid these are good channels to go to to get your contract awarded instead of trying to do transactional business with each client that you come in contact with, try to do business with the federal government or the state or county government where now you're doing contractual business where, you know, you're getting a contract as opposed to depending on someone coming into your business every day. So I that, think that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So that's going to segue right into uh, turning your no's into yeses. So, yes. <laughs> yes. so what we want to do is help you guys get post pandemic ready and to be able to access some of those contracts. So uh, if you are interested in becoming one of our um uh, businesses that we help you turn all of your no's. And that means that you take an assessment, uh, Gilbert's the program, Small Biz Pro, you take an assessment and he determines are if you have some no's under your um, quest for being business ready, contract ready, and bank loan ready, which is, you know, all of those B's tied together uh, for successful business ownership, then we want to the one the ant the questions that you answer no to. We want to help you turn those into yeses, and then you uh, can now be qualified for some of those amazing contracts that are out there for you. So reach out to Gilbert or I. We'll put our contact information or uh, contact uh, uh, contact us at the business zone at with crystalandgilbert.com. And let us know that you're interested. So the twist to this is then we're going to work with you and we're going to help you become contract ready. So if this is something that's of interest to you guys, let us know. We're going to uh, introduce you to our one, if it's in our area of expertise, our subject matter area, or as once I heard a lady say, our subject matter of genius. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. Uh, then we, and then what we can't help you with, we're going to reach out to our colleagues that, that are experts in that, those areas. And, and we're going to do this all online on the business zone. So That's right. you'll meet with us. We'll do the assessment. Then we're going to come on and we're going to invite you on to the show and help you walk through uh, what, what, where you want to be, where you want to go, where you want to take your business. And then uh, you take the assessment and then we go to helping, we go to work, helping you make that happen. Right. So Crystal, let us have your phone number again, so we can put it in, in the chat. So folks Alrighty. know, it's, My, is it 213? 213-458-5952. Okay. So folks, 
This is Crystal's number. You can reach out to her. And I know that many of our small businesses, women-owned, minority, and other businesses, you are probably a little bit nervous about your financials. You're nervous about looking at it. You're nervous about making sure that it's ready and it's in compliance. So reach out to Crystal, and we're not going to judge you. We're going to look at it. We're going to help you to be compliant so you can go after these contracts. Now, we've talked about a lot of these contracts for you to grow your business. But in order to be successful at winning those contracts, you got to have your back office and your house, your business house in order. And to have that in order, you got to have your financials in place, your balance sheet, your profit and loss, and your tax returns. Those three things primarily. So that's where Crystal comes in. Crystal will help you to make look at your balance sheet and make sure that it's in compliance. She's going to look at your profit and loss. And again, we're not going to judge you. We're not going to say, hey, what's going on? You should be this. You No, we're going to work with you to get you there because that's what we do as business coaches. We coach you. So don't be afraid. Okay? Exactly. And that goes for our men audience as well. Uh, you, you, as a male, as a black male, you can, you're a minority, you're in the, you're diversity. So yeah. they're also minority, um, um, uh, what is it? MBE, uh, MBEs, right? Yeah. And a veteran, if you are mm -hmm. a veteran, there's a, a designation or classification for veteran, um, of business owners and as well as disadvantaged business yes, owners. Yes. So there's if you're a minority, there is stuff there's work out there and there are contracts for out there that can change your life, but you need to you have to make sure that your business is in order. So that's what we're going to do. Turn your yeah. nose into yeses. Yeah. And uh Alfred says I'm not quite sure what the what happened to I'm not sure about the funding. Uh uh, <laughs> I, I saw that government money is expensive to go after. So Alfred right now, based upon the pandemic, there is still quite a bit of money out there that is not as expensive as it was or will be once they start shutting down everything. Um, after when, when we get the pandemic completely under control. So if that is the case and you have all your ducks, ducks in a row and all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed, there is money out there for you. There is a number of resources uh, that talk about that on, on the community briefing every week. And there's tons of money out there, actually. So it just depends on what you're doing and what you need to have in place in order to go after that money. So maybe, Alfred, we need to have a conversation with you. And maybe you might want to be one of those businesses that we want to do the assessment for with and see where you are and what needs. Because I see you've been putting some messages in and, and some directions. So there's Gilbert's number. There's my number. So reach out to us and let's uh, take the reach out to Gilbert so we can take the assessment and then find out what we need to do. Right. And Gregory Sneed, you don't have to put on your heels. <laughs> <laughs> you can be an MBE. <laughs> oh man, Greg, Greg, Greg is our resident comedian. <laughs> I love Greg. So, but we want you guys. Here's the thing. Because we know that the pandemic hit our business community 
far greater than other uh, communities. And some of that is, some of the reasons for that is because we weren't doing business properly. That really is the primary reason. Uh, one of the other reasons I know for a fact for some of my clients is that um, we weren't, we didn't want to embrace technology and yeah. technology, ha we have to. So what you guys have seen for the last 20, the la from last year and this year is you have no choice but to develop your tech technical savviness because yeah. This is the way we're going to do business. So just as Alfred is doing business um, internationally, you can do that too. You can work from two, you know, you could be here at home base in the United States, or you could do business in Africa. You can do business all over the world. Why? Because the accessibility for, for uh, to do work in another country is much more easier than it used to be. Yeah, it, it, I mean, 20 years ago, we heard people talking about being trans, trans international, yeah. but these were, these were different types of people, right? They yeah. were, and generally they were people from another country yeah. doing import export to America. These were not Americans doing business outside of their own country. But mm -hmm. now today you have that possibility and those opportunities. We just have to make sure. Bye-bye, Greg. See you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Bye, Greg. Um, we just have to make sure that you have your all your stuff in line and you have a clear idea and business plan and a business model for moving forward to with those plans. I think everyone, if you have a skill, a, a, a service or a product that can be accessible to the world, I think you should go for it. I and should, think you should never limit yourself. Also, Crystal, I believe next show, next week's show, you're going to be sharing some resources in terms of grants and different opportunities, right? Yes, I am. But yeah, with the with the county of Los Angeles and all these other places. So we've got grants we're going to share with you. So make sure you tell at least four or five of your friends, your business associates, to tune into the Business Zone next Friday from 3 to 4. So be ready to take information down because we are going to share some grant opportunities for you guys. Again, Crystal and I are going to share some grant opportunities here on the Business Zone, only exclusively on the Business Zone by <laughs> Crystal and Gilbert. <laughs> right. So we want you guys, we want, we want everyone to be able to recover from this pandemic, both men and women. Um, women, you continue to do what you do. And men, you do what you do. Uh, for as far as a Black business owner and, and a, a stakeholder, owned. a Latino stakeholder, a, a business owner, and myself as a stakeholder here in the community, we want you to be successful. We want those numbers to turn around. I don't want to, you know, two years from now that that number is much more devastating than it is right now. We want to make sure that you have positioned yourself so that your business can grow because there was a lot of money on the street and this at this point in time that was the other silver lining of COVID. uh gilbert was there are business owners that got uh uh grants and they got um loans that they would not have gotten 
if it had not been a pandemic. And that's yeah. just the God honest truth. Yeah. They would not. And they, because the pandemic kind of enfolded and, and developed within the civil unrest with George Floyd and all mm -hmm. the other um, individuals that lost their lives based upon the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity for you to be able to take advantage of the, op the, the flow of funds that are coming out. This is not going to go on forever, but mm -hmm. right now uh, is not too late that you can't take advantage of some of this information that's out here. Okay. And for sure you can, um, find out where you are, have your business assessed, find out where you are and move from there. We don't have to be stuck in the mud to be able to, uh, move our businesses. If you, if you still are interested in being a business owner, let us help you get to where you need to be so that you can take advantage of opportunities. So go to the website right there, smallbizpro.net, take the assessment, and then we will reach out to you. And we'd love for you to be one of the five businesses that we're going to select uh, to work with uh, to the end of the year to make sure you get in, you're in place to take care of some of these opportunities. Sounds very good to me. And remember, today's, today's topic is um the rise of women entrepreneurs in the marketplace okay right so, so you guys want to make a note of that uh every week we try to bring you something valuable to your business or your industry between crystal and i and uh just want to make sure you guys are subscribed you know make sure you go to youtube and subscribe so you can get that videotape you can get that information and any other information that we release Go to Facebook. You do the same thing. Register and make sure that you're there. And for those of you that prefer to hear us here, podcast, you can guys can run on over to podcasts to our um, our 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 page on Podbean, and I'm going to share it with you in a few minutes. And you can listen to the podcast while you're in the car driving. Um, to wherever you're going. So we would love to have you guys. And again, download episode and and hear it and keep hearing it and until you hear exactly what you need to hear in order to do what you need for your business. We, we are here to help you. So I'm going to share our Podbean or our podcast uh, listening platform. So there you guys go. So go over there. You can go to businesszone.podbean.com and be able to listen to episodes that are there. I think there's about 13 there. We'll be 14 with this one. And um, again, download the episodes and subscribe to our channels, YouTube and Facebook. Right now, guys, run on over there. And if you're on Facebook, then hit the the like button and then or you can run on over to our youtube channel the business zone with crystal and gilbert so, so is that, it is it pod bean as in b-e-a-n or B -E -A -N? yes just like the vegetable pod bean dot com. com okay so business zone dot pod bean dot com yeah the business zone dot pod bean dot com okay guys make sure you check it out this is going to be very out. helpful to you yeah, so there you guys go. The Business Zone on Podbean for our listening audience. 
that doesn't want to watch us. They want to hear us. <laughs> All righty, guys. It's been great. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tell your friends that the place to be on Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. is the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. All righty. So we're going to sign off. We want to thank our guests. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you, Michelle. And I hope you guys, this was valuable for you. Tell a friend. And we will see you guys next week. Gilbert, take us out. As a small biz pro, I saw we roll. Using procurement, program, and control. As a small biz pro, I saw we grow. Using procurement, program, and control. I'm a business man. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur.